Good morning. Amen. Thank you, brother. That was that was good. Um, you know, it's 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 not only for those who were just baptized; it's for the, all those who chose to follow him. Um, like these exhortations, these these words, they. I think they should strike a note in all of our hearts that it's a continuous battle. The things it, it comes up, it keeps coming up. It's a battle. It takes uh, it takes work. The world keeps pressing in. <clears throat> um, there's always uh, always something. <clears throat> so, Amen. Thank you. So today. This morning again, I'm going to be again uh, going out of First John, First John, chapter three, the end of chapter three. If you want to turn there, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about love. So let's pray. I'd like to start with a prayer. Lord, we worship you. Thank you for the word which was already given. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful, that you, that you desire to work in us, to mold us into your image. We pray, Lord, that you work in us for your kingdom and glory. Lord, that you bless this time here, that you bless the words that are spoken, that you would speak to us, that you would give us revelation of your heart, your kingdom, your will to be done in our lives, Lord. We worship you, we praise you, we lift up your name. We give you the glory for all you've done. Lord, I pray for your blessing over this time once again, over the words that that I bring, Lord, that you bless us. May your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, a new equipment. Okay, <clears throat> so we'll be reading out of, uh, we'll be taking our text out of First John chapter 3. Um, but I want to start with a story out of, uh, out of Luke, a story of Jesus. Um, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So this lawyer, they, they, the Pharisees and the scribes and the um, the Sadducees were testing Jesus. They were trying to corner him. They were trying to uh, find a fault, find something wrong with him. And they sent these lawyers out to corner him. And he said, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, <clears throat> What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? And he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus said, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. So here, this man, he's he asks Jesus. <clears throat> um, there's this uh, this encounter here, 
where uh, Jesus says to him the two great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two great commands. Okay, so this man, he assumed, okay, I, 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 I guess I love God. I, I got all that down. I worship him. <clears throat> so he said, who is my neighbor? Who do I, who is my, how, what, what does that, what exactly does that mean? And Jesus said, he gave him this story of the, the man, the, <clears throat> the man who traveled from Jericho to Jerusalem and he fell among thieves and he was attacked and they took all he had and they left him there dying. He had, he had nothing left. And they left him there half dead. And these men, first we have a priest, then we have a Levite, Levite, and then we have a, a Samaritan come by. And the only one to help him is the Samaritan. And Jesus says, that's, that's your neighbor. That's how you love him. It's not about who your neighbor is. It's about <clears throat> the love that you show. And loving, so he opened it up and he said, your neighbor is everyone, not just the Jewish people. <clears throat> but what is love? Love is not, loving your neighbor is not walking past and pretending you care. The man who loved his neighbor was the man <clears throat> who, took the, who took this poor man on his, uh, on his animal. He took him to the nearest inn. And he gave him what he needed. He gave him, he, and he even provided for a few, maybe a few weeks worth. Okay. So, First <clears throat> John chapter 3, verse 14. Our text. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. And the verse uh, we last ended with, uh, before this one, in, uh, in chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Do not marvel, brethren, if the world hate you. It, um, it only makes sense that the world hates us, that the world will hate us and oppose us, uh, will oppose God's children and those of God's kingdom. Um, but on the contrary, we, um, we're part of a kingdom with opposing values. And the people of this kingdom, the people of, of, of God, of Christ's church, of his bride, his, God's children will be known for their love. That's how we will know them. By this will all men know that we are his disciples if we love one another. We can know we've passed from death to life. In fact, he says, and he says this, you can know you've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Um, not only is this evidence of being followers of God, followers of Christ, but we can use it as evidence for ourselves that we have passed from death to life. And it's, a, it's, it's something incredible there, that this is a sign that you've passed from death to life. See, the, the Apostle John here in, the, in 1 John, he doesn't get away from the subject of love. Um, I feel like I spoke about it a few messages ago, or almost every message. Every few verses, um, the Apostle John in his epistle, he circles back to love. 
um, he comes back to it again and again. And here he's back at it again, like it's the key element. It's the key sign. It, it's of, of, some, of a changed heart, of someone who's been, uh, who's been changed, who's, be, who is a, who's a disciple. <clears throat> loving God, loving our brothers. Um, it's like the ultimate test. <clears throat> so, if, if there's love for the brethren in someone's life, that's, that shows us that's a child of, this person is a child of God. Okay, if there's no love, that means there is, this person is not a child of God. This person is not a disciple. And he, he boils it down and he makes it that simple. It's either one or the other. It's present or it's not. And it's very challenging to look at, to read these verses and to look at them and, and apply them to our life. <clears throat> so if, we, if, if, I don't, if I don't love my brother, if we don't love our brethren, our brothers and sisters, then we're abiding in death. It's like a clear line and it's either one side or the other. There's either love or there's not. And it's, um, it's very challenging. It's challenging for me. So going on to verse 14. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. And he whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding. And here he explains it. If you... If you hate your brother, um, you're a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding him. And here he pre presents it as a sign that we've passed from death to life, that we love the brethren. See, loving is, is not a natural human response. Okay, so um, naturally, we're all born selfish. We all want to get our way one way or another. We want what we want. Uh, we want what feels good. And sometimes uh, we want love. So we love. You know, the, as, as children, the only, one of the ways a lot of children learn to get love, to receive love, is to show love. And so it's, there's that. But in general, we are not, humans don't naturally love. Um, they don't naturally, it's, it's not a natural response. If a child is left alone, alone they'll learn to hate. They'll, uh, they'll be cold, they'll be selfish, they'll be self-centered. <clears throat> um, and even in, a, even in families, a lot, of most, a lot of brothers end up uh, clashing. They end up growing up in the same family, and they end up being being enemies. They end up being in conflict, being in uh, uh, conflict one with another, um, to where they're where they're at odds. And it's even I think it's even more challenging in a church with church brothers and sisters. It's even less natural for church brothers and sisters to love each other than it is for blood brothers to love each other, blood sisters to love each other. It's harder. It doesn't come, it doesn't, it's not going to be the automatic end. 
unless there is some, some type of intervention. Um, a lot of governments of the past, a lot of people um, who've, who've revolted against governments, um, they thought, okay, if, if everybody, if we level the playing field and everything becomes, uh, everything becomes uh, even, everybody had, we, we distribute the wealth, um, everything's going to be great. Everybody's going to get along. Well, it's never worked. It's never worked. One revolt, one uprising leads to another uprising and you have chaos and wars and wars bring more wars. <clears throat> so naturally, each of us, we love ourselves. We naturally look out for ourselves. Um, it's survival of the fittest. That's human instinct. That's basic human instinct. Um, we'll also look out for our own families naturally our own children a lot of times and we will naturally look out usually usually for our brothers and sisters but that's not it's not a given we're usually first looking out for ourselves so what is love <clears throat> i guess the point of what i what i'm trying to say here is we don't naturally love um unless it's for our own benefit Okay, so what is love? So there's, there's the key verse of love that most people know and remember. It's out of 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. And I think that's the great, that's the great test. If we, could take, we can take any one of our actions and plug it in here and, okay, is, is this love? Is this loving? <clears throat> um, and there's a couple big ones here. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It does not think evil. Thinks no evil. It, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. <clears throat> so that's love. So verse 16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So what is love? This, we defined it, but what is love? God is love. And the ultimate example of love, the ultimate definition of love that we have is Christ. And I, wanna, I want to, to take some time here and point to Christ to look at the love that he had. <clears throat> that he loved us enough to give his life for us. While we were yet sinners, even those who were crucified with him. Even those who were crucifying him. Those who did that. And Jesus was there and they were, we can picture them nailing him to the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
And even while they were driving these nails into his hands, while they were crucifying, while they were nailing him to the cross, he forgave them. He wasn't thinking about himself. He wasn't, even in that moment, he wasn't concerned for himself. It's an unbelievable picture of love. He wasn't agonizing about his predicament and his pain. He was concerned for these heathen soldiers who, Roman soldiers who, were, who had been commanded to crucify him. Even on the cross, after hanging there for hours, he was full of compassion. He looked out and he saw his mother and he, 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 he took care of He asked John to take care of his mother. Even in that moment, in that time, in that, in, during that torture, that's the kind of, of love Jesus had. A heart of compassion, a heart of, heart of love. And even in his life, he spent most of his time serving, ministering and serving. <clears throat> Jesus is our ultimate example, the picture of love. <clears throat> so verse 17. But whoever has this world's good, this world's goods, and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. <clears throat> love is evident. Sometimes we go, well, it's what's, what's real love? But love is easy to perceive. It's not a hidden virtue that we don't understand. Everybody understands love. Everybody knows what it's like to feel loved. Uh, if there is love, there will be the fruits of love. If you see someone in need and you refuse to help that person, how can you say God is dwelling in you? It's, it's a very practical, simple example. If you walk past someone who needs clothing, food, or shelter, and you have the means and you don't help them for some reason, and now you're going to try and convince me that you love this person and you didn't help them. Keep talking. You can talk all you want. The reality is you don't love that person. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's like a black and white example. It's, it's either this side or that side. Um, and you don't love that person and the love of the Father doesn't dwell in you. <clears throat> now we live in a country where, uh, where needs are relative. Uh, we live in a community where everybody's needs are met. Anyways, the physical needs are all met. Um, and we might not run into a physical need here for months at a time where we see someone who needs help. But it's, it's just an example. 
Real love shows compassion. <clears throat> and uh, we talked about it at morning meeting the other day. That what's what does how what's what's real love? And one of the takeaways for me was that real love has compassion. If there's no compassion, then we all know what compassion means, right? We, if there's no compassion, there's probably no love. <clears throat> if you don't... Uh, but if, if, we, if, if there is compassion... But if there is compassion, but that compassion still doesn't, but there's still no action. Here he's saying, even if you have compassion over this poor man and you feel sorry for him and uh, you could help him, but you don't, he says then, you know, that uh, it's pretty questionable if you have love, if you love him. He says, let us not love in tongue. Let's not just say we love, but love indeed. Love by your deeds, by your actions, and, and in truth. Real love, the kind of real, the kind of love, um, real love with actions, not just a cheap sentimental love that gets teary eyed <clears throat> and then forgets. You know, no, this kind of love, the, the real sacrificial love, the love with actions. He says this, this love, real love with actions that follows through, that, that works it out, um, that assures our hearts before him. It gives us an assurance that we are his children. That's the kind of love that shows us that we've passed from death to life. And... Uh, You know, some people, a lot of people, most people, I think, struggle with assurance at some point in their Christian walk. Um, and I think it's a, it's a normal phase to go through. But he said, here he, he talks about this, and he says, the, the true love lived out and walked out love, love that's responded, that, that responds to a need and does something. And that cares enough to go past compassion to actually walk out a response. He says that love, it's proof. That's the evidence of someone's work, of, of, of Christ's work in somebody in the life. And that assures our hearts before him. <clears throat> it gives us a confidence before God. And... Uh, it's a beautiful truth. I, I, I don't want to read too much into it. I think there's a lot more there than I even understand yet. Um, but there's an assurance comes with walking in faithfulness. Walking out your faith, living it out. So verse 20, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments to do those things that are pleasing 
in his sight. And here he says, if our heart condemns us. What, so what does that mean? So if we feel condemnation, if we feel guilt, if we feel doubt creeping into our lives <clears throat> um, and causing us to feel condemned, he says, God is greater than your heart. Meaning God's promises, God's word is greater than your heart. Don't be condemned by your heart. Our heart can deceive, can deceive us. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. The heart will, if we, common culture says, today's culture says, oh, follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your dreams. In Jeremiah, the Bible says that the heart is, is, is deceitful and desperately wicked. Okay, normally when we say, do it from your heart, you know, that, that has good connotations. It means you're doing it sincerely. You're doing it uh, from, from something deep within, from a place deep within. <clears throat> but our heart, our heart can be tricky. It can be deceitful. <clears throat> the rock we build our lives on is Christ and his word. That's Christ and his promises. We can trust them. We can build on them. We can, we can find that rock and stand on it, even if our heart condemns us. And I, I want to say, don't, don't get too upset or discouraged if, if you have a struggle with doubt or condemnation sometimes. <clears throat> there will be failures. The devil has ample opportunity to bring us to condemnation. But don't accept it as okay either. He says, God is greater than your heart. Fight through the temptation, the condemnation, the doubt, the weakness. Find those promises and stand on them. <clears throat> God's promises will not fail. As we are able to fight through struggles and battles, we grow in faith. And as we overcome, we grow in confidence. We grow in faith and confidence towards Him. And that's, that's, what, gives us, that's what gives us the confidence to come to Him. To see his promises come true, that grows our faith. Verse 22, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and those do those things that are pleasing in his sight. See, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a simple presentation, but it makes sense, right? Um, if, if we walk, the more we walk faithfully, to Christ, to God, to His commands, the more confidence we have to come to Him in prayer and ask. And the more, the deeper our faith and our love becomes. It's this cycle. It's like a healthy father and son, child and, and parent relationship. Um, if a child is always shifty and walking in disobedience and always, and always um, even if they're always struggling or always messing up, even if they're sincere, the relationship is kind of strained. But if a child is walking in obedience um, and the relationship is clear and they come, to, they come to the parents and they ask for something and there's blessing and there's, 
there's a reciprocal relationship, a, a relationship that goes around that's healthy. There's give and take. There's, a, there's communication. It's beautiful. And then there's confidence. There, there, from out of that comes a confidence and a security and a love that flows out of that. <clears throat> Even though when we fail, when we fall, we need to grasp his promises that he is faithful. You know, there, there are failures. There will be failures. Um, in those times, we have to still grasp these promises. And God is still faithful. Um, we, we can grasp these promises and, and repent and come back to him. And he restores. And there's that restoration. He will help in the time of need. If we need him. If we call to him. <clears throat> but I don't, I don't think that's a, a, a faith that grows our faith very much, that relationship. I believe what he's saying here is faith is strengthened in walking in obedience. Yes, God is faithful. Yes, even no matter... We can completely mess up and completely fail. And God is faithful and he, and he calls us back to him and he wants us to come to him. And, and, and God will start from whatever point we come to him. But his heart is a relationship, is a walk, is a faithful walk um, of, of obedience. Just like parents don't want their children to, to mess up. They don't want their children to go steal something. They don't want their children to, um, to hurt other children, to fight with other children. The same way God doesn't. He wants his children to walk in obedience, to walk in love, to seek him, to grow in him, and to have a clear countenance, a clear relationship with him. <clears throat> And verse 23, and this is the last verse of my text. Um, and this is the, his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another and keep his commandment. As he gave us commandment. And as he gave us commandment to love one another. And here, okay, so hold on a minute. He says, he commanded us to love one another. Okay, Jesus didn't roll out a lot of commands. He didn't have a list of he didn't sit down and make us a list of do this, do this, do this, do this. But he said, that's one thing he, Jesus said, this, I command you. This is my commandment. We have a song for it. This is my commandment that you love one another. That your joy may be full. He commanded us to love one another. Okay, so why a command? A command is pretty strong. It's not a suggestion, it's not a, not a fruit, it's not the natural result, it's not automatic, it's not make... He said, like a command is to say, 
make it happen. If I command my child, I've got my son to go do something, I've gone past suggestion. It's no longer if you have time. It's, okay, now make it happen. Um, so, <clears throat> okay, so because sometimes, many times, it happens naturally for a believer. The natural result of the love of Christ, of receiving the love of Christ, is that love flowing out. Flowing out of us. If we have the love of God inside of, inside of us, it'll flow out of us. It's the natural response. It's the natural result of someone becoming a Christian. But also it naturally wears off. Ourselves get in the way. We want to be appreciated. All of us want to be appreciated. We want our credit. We want to get recognized. We, we tend to look out for ourselves, right? <clears throat> we tend to try and protect our reputation, our own reputation. You know, it's, it's like walking up to a newly married couple. You don't normally hear people walk up to a newly married couple and say, love each other. You need to start loving each other. That's not a normal wedding day greeting, right? <clears throat> We're but. And you don't, people don't walk up on the wedding day and say, you're commanded to love each other. It's not a subject of the day. Um, but they are commanded. It would be fitting. Strange as it would sound. Because on the wedding day, they're deeply in love. But at 5 o'clock the next morning... You know, when, when maybe one of them had a rough night and couldn't sleep, it, there might be a starting to become a little bit of a struggle. You know how that works. <clears throat> and that struggle might go on. But they're commanded to love each other. When it gets hard, when other things get in the way, we're commanded to love. Christians are commanded to love each other. When we get busy with life, we're commanded to love. When we get offended, we're commanded to love. When we're taken advantage of, we're commanded to love. When other people treat us with respect and kindness, we automatically love, right? When we receive kindness, we love that. When our good intentions get thrown back in our face, we're commanded to love. When we're hurt, when we're abused, we're commanded to love, just like Jesus. Was not Christ treated the same way? Was he not struck, abused, whipped, and hung naked on the cross for all the world to see? Why? To show his love. He loved these people. He served them. He preached them. He taught, he taught them. He wept for them. He prayed for them. And yet with one voice they cried, crucify him. He had been a man. 
had he been a man, if he, if he was just a mere man, you know, we could start wrapping our head around it. If he was just a really loving, outstanding man. But he was God. He was the Son of God. And there he stood before them. In the bloody form of a man, God himself. I want to take a verse out of John, a few different verses here, just to finish my point. Uh, out of John 15, verse 11, These things have I spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater joy has no man, no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends, if you do whatever I, whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you, that you should go bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. <clears throat> and one final verse. Um, no, not final. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so 1 Corinthians 14.1, there's a verse. Pursue love. Uh, so after 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, he starts verse 1 of the next chapter. Uh, he says, pursue love. Pursue love and desire spiritual gift, gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So we have two different words here. We have command and Jesus' command. And then we have pursue love. Here Paul says that we should pursue it. So when we are pursuing something, we're running after it. We're driving after it. That's our focus. That's our goal. The only thing on your mind. Um, you know, have you ever sat down and thought, have you ever sat down and thought, how do I become more loving? You know, if you're pursuing something, um, you know, if the boys go out trapping and they're trying to pursue a coon, They'll be thinking, okay, how do I trap this coon? How do I get him? They're in pursuit. Um, if, we are, if we're pursuing love, he calls us to pursue love. We should ask the question, okay, how, how am I going to pursue it? How am I going to get closer? How, to, how am I going to get more of it? He says, pursue love. Um, we often expect love to come without any effort. You know, when some young men are looking around for someone to marry or start a courtship with, um, they want to fall in love. The girls want to fall in love too. Um, it can happen, and it's, it's nice when it does. It should happen, I think. Um, but the problem with falling in love is... If you fall in, uh, fall in love, you can also fall out of love, right? 
if all that happened is you fell in, you can also fall out. It's like falling into a wagon. You fell into the wagon, you can also fall out. <laughs> there has to be a little more um, commitment to real love than just falling in. <clears throat> um, watch. Be brave, watch and stand fast. Be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Pursue love. Let all that you do be done in love. <clears throat> we often struggle with, with love, you know, as in our Christian walk. Um, in our way of life, in living communally, um, we have opportunities to check and to test our love, I think, more than, than many other people. Uh, we often hear love is more, is, love is more than just being lovey-dovey. Love, love has to rebuke sometimes. And parents who, who don't love their children, who don't discipline their children, they hate their children, which is true. Um, I think that's from Proverbs. We had a good, that, that was kind of, that came up in our discussion in the morning meeting too. And, and no, love isn't just lovey-dovey. It's sacrificial love and, and always forgiving and being other people's dirt rag. It's all those things, but it's more. It's all those things, but it's more. It's sacrificial love, always forgiving, and be, being other people's dirt rags. But then going, even going on beyond that. Um, the same way, the same way, I want to take the picture of a parent again. The same way, um, a parent always just cleaning up behind their children is futile. The parent isn't really helping their children. They're cleaning their house. Okay, to help your children, you need to teach your children to clean up after themselves. Then you're helping your children. Then you're truly loving your children. You're giving your children something that they will carry with and that, they will, that, will, that will grow them and prosper them and help them for the rest of their life. In the same way, cleaning up behind our brothers and sisters is an act of love. But, but it only becomes complete when we're sincerely trying to help them. I mean, we, we can go clean out a minivan after a brother or a sister if it's a terrible mess. And we can do it with a good heart. But to complete that process, to complete that action, I believe you have to, in love, tell that maybe go to that brother or sister and say, um, you should, you, we, we, you should probably work on that. I did this, I, I, I cleaned up this after you, and, and not, not to take any credit, I don't care. And maybe a few times you do it without, without even saying anything. But to complete that is to go to that brother with the intention of helping and, and, uh, and walking through it. <clears throat> And uh, the, how, how exactly that comes across, that, that, that's done, and that's followed through. Um, that's for each individual. 
But love suffers long, is patient and kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. This love never fails. So, amen. You know, if we're wondering, if we're walking or doing something in love, um, hold it up to this list. And hopefully we grow to love the way Christ loved. The more we become like Christ, the more we seek him, the more this love becomes real in our lives. So, amen. That's all I have for today. Bless you.